been keeping Jesus at a distance, so afraid to let him get too close to the two lives I've been living, as if he couldn't see them both, close enough to feel the warmth of the fire, far enough away for me to hide, but I'm tired of walking the wire between the darkness and the light, no more Jesus at a distance. No more pushing you away. I don't want to settle for the back roads of some Sunday morning faith. So I'm holding nothing back now, because there's nothing you don't see. No more Jesus at a distance can change every part of me, every part of me. offered resurrection but I settled for the grave I had the chance to walk on water but I chose to play it safe 
I've been hiding from a healer. I thought my wounds were out of reach. But at the end of all my running, you're still running after me. So no more Jesus at a distance. No more pushing you away. I don't want to settle for the back row. Some Sunday morning faith. So I'm holding nothing back now. Cause there's nothing you don't see. No more Jesus at a distance. Don't change every part of me. Every part of me. All my dreams and all my treasures. And I can barely hold it together. Every part of me, every part of me. When I can't control where tomorrow's going. Every part of me, every part of me. When the ghost of my yesterdays come calling. Every part of me, every part of me. Who I am when there's no one else around. When the sun comes up to the sun goes down. Welcome to 1C. Please rise for our first song. Lamb who was slain. 
may be seated. Good morning. Welcome to all of you. If you are a veteran, if you have served in any of the branches, would you please stand up at this time? I know we're going to put you on the spot, uh, but thank you. Thank you for all that you did for us, for our country. Our lives are truly blessed because of you. God bless you. You may be seated. All right. Reuben, how are you? Good. All right. Last week, I was not here, but you were here, and I heard a rumor. In fact, I didn't hear, hear a rumor. I just I went online. Just so you know, if you ever want to watch our services, maybe you're gone on a weekend like I was, you can go on to our website, and you can watch the entire service. And I saw you interacting with Greg. And um, let me think here. You were challenged to find a gift for somebody that's moving into town, and you, you came up with three options, and you chose one of them. Which one did you choose? The Lego set. The Lego set. Now, I heard that, did you have, was there a broken truck as one of the options? Yeah. And then a toy that was not even yours? And you chose the, the Lego set. Why did you pick that gift and not the other ones? Because it meant the most to me. Ah, means the most. In fact, let me just, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read this now. I know you, I said I was going to read it later, but I'm going to read it now. Generous. Showing a readiness to give more of something than is strictly necessary or expected. You gave something that was really, really important to you. You're willing to do that. That is generous. So, um, really, really great. Now, I have another task for you. You're going to be busy all just all month long. I'm going to put you on some tasks. 
Um, let's just say we're going to have a dinner party. We're going to invite that family over. I would like for you to set the table a little bit later, and so we're ready for a party. Would you be willing to do that? He's always careful. Whenever I come up to him and say, hey, Reuben, I've got an idea. He sometimes physically takes a step back. <laughs> um, but would you do that? And then later on, maybe we'll uh, see how you do. Okay. All right, give me the mic. Thank you very much. Off you go. <laughs> oh, what a, what a trooper. All right, a couple quick announcements. I'm going to fly through these. Church Center app. If you want to find out what's going on in the life of the congregation, Get the Church Center app, please, 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 please. And you can see all the different things that are going on here, but I'm going to do a quick flyover really fast, maybe almost as fast as the micro machines. Anybody remember that commercial? Yeah, all right. Uh, Thanksgiving is coming quickly, and uh, we as a congregation open up our doors, and I think last year we served upwards to about 700 different people. Uh, what a, an opportunity for us to love our neighbor. So... If you would like to help, we'd love for you to help. Pray for the event. Sign up to volunteer. There's uh, things to do, every, everything from being here on Thanksgiving to the week before, all the prep that needs to be done. Love for you to be a part of it. Also, think about if there are people in your circle of influence that would be blessed by being invited to come, please let them know. We'd love to have them open up our doors and spend some time with them on Thanksgiving. All right, our young disciples, that's our high school group, uh, very busy doing things. So example, if you came in over there with those doors, you see the food drive going on. Um, I've got um, news, uh, just so you know. They, they passed their goal already of the 500, so they're beyond that. So way to go. Um, you could, we're still going to collect food all the way through the month of November, so if you would like to, uh, feel free to do it. Some people have given financially. You can do that, and then we will bless the food bank in town. Um, two other events, child care, uh, December 3rd, which is a Saturday. So if you're going to go out shopping and you want to buy gifts and you don't want to bring your children with you, this would be a really good activity. And I'm not sure what age, whether Kristen can drop me off here to be babysat or not. Um, but uh, I'm sure. No, no. <laughs> Chris is saying, no way. Uh, but you could do that. Or gift wrapping on December 9th and 10th. You drop off those gifts. They'll be wrapped for you, and then you can pick them up. Just some of the ways in which our young people want to serve our community and serve people like you and me. Um, other than that, just a, a reminder that um, in, in a little while we're going to have communion. A little, little while we're going to have prayer time. So if you would like to know what to do and how to do that, you can go to the Church Center app. You can go to those cards that are in some of the chair backs in front of you. It'll walk you through how to do that so that you can submit prayers and also if you'd like to take communion. Again, some really important blessings for us. Last announcement. If you're a guest here today, we are so glad that you're with us in worship come on back. We'd love to have you again. But before you leave, stop, if you would, at Next Steps. If you are online watching, feel free to put a comment in the section. That just gets us a little connected with you. So um, we're ready to worship. And let me start us off with prayer. Oh, Heavenly Father, again, you, you have blessed us. You are so generous, so kind, so loving. Oh, we are blessed because of you. 
And now as we get ready to worship you, um, may we sing of our praises to you and let you know how thankful we are. And as these joy baskets will be passed as well, Lord, it's just one of many ways in which we could say thank you. So Lord, always to you be the glory. In your name we pray. Amen.
Boys and girls, it is time for the kids' message, so come on up front. Yeah, come on up, find a seat on the floor. All right, there's a lot of you coming up this morning. There's plenty of room, slide on in. <laughs> well, I was wondering if you have ever competed in a race or a competition, a sporting event where someone wins first place, maybe they're second place, third place, different places. Raise your hand if you've competed in a tournament or an event. Or, yeah, what, what have you competed in? Softball tournament? Yeah, what place did you get? You don't want to tell me? That's okay. Yeah, what did you compete in? Baseball. Do you want to share what place you got? First. Nice. Good job. Zach. A relay, a running race? Yeah, what place did you get? Team relay, you got third place? All right, good job. Baseball, and how'd you do? First place. First place, all right. Well, it looks like a lot of you, we, we can't go through everybody, but a lot of you have competed in something where there's a winner, right? And it's fun to win, isn't it? But you know what? That doesn't always happen, and that's okay, because you know what? Sometimes we get different places. But today, we're going to talk about something a little different. Last week, we talked about the greatest law, right? Someone asked Jesus, well, what's the greatest law? Which law gets first place? Which is the greatest? And Jesus said, well, really, there's, there's two laws that sum up all 613 laws. And the first one was to love God with your whole heart. And the second was to love your neighbor as yourself. So Jesus said, really, there's just two places for all the laws. You love God and you love your neighbor as yourself. And you know what? He also lets, Jesus tells us that we don't have to try to compete with people and be better than other people. Because just like there's two laws, there's also two places for us. There's a first place. Who do you think gets first place in our life? Yes. God, that's right. Everybody put up your finger. Number one, where are you pointing? Pointing up to God. God is first place in our lives, right? Well, if there's only two places in life and God is first place, then who gets second place? Oh, you guys are good. You know what? I didn't think of this. And this happened at 9 o'clock too. So if we think of God as God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, one God in three persons, we've got our Heavenly Father, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit all covered in God. All right? So they are all first place. We've got all three persons of God in first place. Who's in second place? You are. That's right. You are. Just Reuben. Reuben's in second. And then what do we get? Wait, but there's only two places. Does it? So everybody gets second place? Raise, raise two fingers. You all get second place. You're all tied for second. God is first. You're second. Have you ever seen anybody do this? I've got my eyes on you. Yeah? Do that. Do that. That helps us remember that everyone we see is in second place. We're not better than anyone else in this world. And you know what? That means that we can love people and serve people 
like we love ourselves because we are all equal. We're all in second place. Who's first? God is first. And who's second? You are. Everyone you see is second. So that reminds us to love and serve everyone we see. And you know why we get to do that? Because Jesus, like you said, who's in first place, he didn't act like he was the champion in first place. He actually took the lowest place, and he came to give his life and to die for us, to serve us so that we can love God first and love other people like we love ourselves so we can serve everyone we see. All right, do that one more time. I got my eyes on you. All right, so remember to serve and love everyone you see because none of us are better than each other. All right, will you pray with me? We'll fold our hands, bow our heads, and you can repeat after me. Lord God, you are the greatest. And help us love you most. Help us to love and serve everyone we see. Amen. Thanks for coming up, boys and girls. You can head on back to your seats. Let me be filled with kindness and compassion for the one. You're wonderful. 
Beautiful song, beautiful reminder of just how this all works. There's a God of the universe powerful enough to make the heavens and the earth, yet personal enough to know what we need. And he meets our needs according to the glorious riches in Christ Jesus. And that's what communion is about. It is a moment in our worship service where we kind of pause, we stop, and we receive. It's not just remember. We do remember Jesus but we actually receive from God himself bread, wine, body, and blood, forgiveness of sins. It is a gift that he just hands out like this, no strings attached. And I hope, I hope you hold on to that throughout the week then. One of the things we do in preparation for communion is we, we, we make a profession of what we believe. Um, we profess what we believe about our sinfulness. We profess what we believe our need for a savior we profess what we believe is in this meal and then we profess how we want to live our lives to the glory of God so I'd like to invite you to join with me as we make this profession with the words we find up on the screen together I recognize and confess that I am a sinner I repent of my sin and ask God's forgiveness I believe that Jesus Christ is my only Lord and Savior from sin, Satan, and death. I believe that the risen Christ is really present in the sacrament and under the form of the bread and wine, I receive his true body and blood for the forgiveness of my sin and the strengthening of my faith and life. I resolve to dedicate my life to the service of my Lord in his body of the church by regular group worship, study of God's word, cheerful giving, thankful living, and sharing the gospel with others. Amen. In that very first paragraph, we talk about believing that Jesus is my Lord, my Savior. And it is by faith that we come to that realization, that he has given his life to be the payment for your sin and my sin. So we can have forgiveness and life with him forever. 
Our Lord Jesus Christ, on the night when he was betrayed, he took bread, and after he'd given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his, the disciples and said, Take and eat, this is my body which is given for you, this do in remembrance of me. And in the same way also he took the cup after supper, and after he'd given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink of it, all of you. This cup is the New Testament of my blood, given and shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. And the peace of the Lord be with you always. Amen. And as we continue now with this celebration of God's love, if you have those individual communion sets during this next song, receive those elements, believing that Jesus is present and your sins are forgiven. And if you're going to come forward for continuous communion with that same faith, uh, do so during the song. And if you desire either gluten-free or grape juice, please let the server know. And as I've been saying recently, because I'm, I'm getting a picture of this moment more and more throughout my life, this is a sacred moment. This is where God of the universe comes down to people like you and me. He meets us right where we're at, and he loves us. Amen.
now may this true body and blood of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ strengthen you and empower you for life, for mission, for ministry, all for the glory of God. Go in his name and in his love. Amen. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for this day. We praise you for who you are. We are grateful that your faithfulness is unmatched, Lord, and your love is unending. Help us to love with open arms like you do. We offer up these prayers to you. We are grateful to our veterans, worthy men and women who gave their best when they were called to serve and protect our country. We pray that you will bless them for their unselfish service in the continual struggle to preserve our freedoms, our safety, and our country's heritage for all of us. For the Torres family with five kids staying at Super 8 till they get back on their feet, they lost everything in Florida. Prayers for a wonderful turnout of help and grateful for being part of the Thanksgiving to help the community. Prayers for my daughter who's recuperating from knee surgery for a speedy recovery. Also pray that my family comes back together after much disagreeing and conflict. God give me the strength to be strong through all of this. Prayers for Lindsay and her pregnancy. Take care of her baby. Keep our children and grandchildren in your protection. Please help with my anxiety and panic attacks. Please help guide me in my marriage as times are really rough. Keep Caden in your loving arms as he prepares to deploy into the Marines. Continue prayers for my sister-in-law as she has another round of chemotherapy coming this week. Lord, please be with her. Prayers for the Heath Robinson family as they navigate life without him by their side. May he rest in peace. Prayers for my son to find your purpose for him. He seems lost. He needs a job. Please put him on the path that you want him to be on and help him to remember that he is loved. Lord, please be with the Romando family as they say goodbye to their father. Give them comfort in knowing that he is no longer suffering and he's rejoicing in heaven with you and reunited with loved ones. Lord, so many hearts are aching as they say goodbye to loved ones. Life changes in the blink of an eye. Help us to make the most of every moment you bless us with until we go home to heaven. We lift our worries up to you today, Father. We place them in your capable hands and trust you to release the burden of them on our hearts. Replace anxiety and confusion with wisdom and understanding. Let the truth of your word reign true in our hearts and ring loudest in our ears. Please join me in praying the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses 
as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Amen. As uh, mentioned during the announcements, new sermon series, we're a second week into it. It's entitled Living Generously. I think you know what the word living is, because I think that's what you're doing right now. Uh, but the other word, remember, I, I read this to you before, just I want you to hold on to this. This is what the word generous means. Showing a readiness to give more of something than is strictly necessary or expected. Showing a readiness to give more of something than is strictly necessary or expected. And as Reuben demonstrated last week, uh, the willingness to give up a Lego set that is very precious to him, that is generous, or more generous than if he was to give maybe one of his siblings toys, like, here you go, you can have this. Um, now, he is hard at work. If you can see him over there, we're going to go over there and just see how he's doing. And looks like he's doing a fine job once again. Do you do this at home? You do it at home a little bit? Here you go. Um, I get most of this, all right? Because I, believe it or not, I've sat at a table and eaten before. So I know what these are for, right? For beverages. Um, I know the plates are for, right? To put the food on. I see spoons, I get that. But the thing I don't get is why would you have ladles? This is, seems pretty big to be eating from. What are you thinking when you put these around the table? Well, Pastor, the spoons are for serving ourselves and the ladles are for serving others. So maybe talk about this in a maybe theological way. Can you, can you want to go there with me? Well, God serves us, and then he calls us to serve others. Ah, so the ladle is a reminder that we've been so blessed by God that we can take what God has given us and start serving and sharing it with others. Right? Right. Okay, I want you to be ready for next week. Next week is going to be even bigger. You want to come back to this. <laughs> he doesn't even know. I don't want to scare him what he's going to do next week. So give him a round of applause. Thank him again. Way to go, Reuben. All right, we're going to talk about something that has, um, it's really big. Honestly, I don't know how anyone can do it in one sermon. But we're going to talk about the generosity of God. And again, one sermon can't do it. Um, an entire sermon series can't do it. A lifetime can't really summarize the generosity of God. Uh, but I'm going to attempt to do it. So I want you to hold on, buckle up, and get ready to go. And we're going to talk about this theme, living generously. And we have this kind of the metaphor of spoons and ladles. And just this idea that, you know, God has fed us, right? He's given us. He feeds us. We have it. And then he wants us to take what he's given us and start serving other people. And part of that is to, an understanding that he has given us so much. He has fed us so much that we have a lot that we can give. And that's where we're going to go. Now, this is the rhythm of life. This is the rhythm of God since the very beginning of time. Before he even spoke into existence, 
all that we have today, before that, this idea of generosity is on God's heart. It's just who he is. So I want you, and I'm going to kind of twist it just a little bit. Uh, I want you to look at Genesis chapter 1, and then I'm going to give you a picture of this maybe that's a little different than you've had before. Genesis 1, in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth, and God saw everything that he made, and behold, it was very good. So if you would picture this, creation, day one, two, three, four, five, getting to six, right? Picture God setting the table. Everything that he was creating was for you and for me. It's kind of like getting the table already, and then he puts Adam on this earth, and he puts Eve on this earth, and they get to enjoy everything that he made. I don't understand the mosquito part, but everything else, right? Or snakes, or spiders. There's a, there's a list of things I wouldn't want, but there's so many things that God has done because he loves you. You are the object of his love. So he is setting the table, and he is pouring everything out, and when he said, let there be, and there was, he was thinking of you and me with a generosity that is overflowing from his heart to this world and to people like you and me. So when he gets to Adam and Eve and he creates them and makes them, you can almost see God sitting back going like this, I can't wait for them to enjoy what I've made for them. All of this is for them to enjoy. I can't wait. And it, it, it went well for a little bit. We don't know how long. But then it went south. And if you recall the story, um, somebody comes slithering up and tempts Eve and Adam to disobey God. And as a result of that, things got bad. Remember, God said, if you eat from that tree, you will surely die. And it's not a good thing. And God could have just sat back and said, you know what, that's what I said. And I meant what I said. You're on your own, but that's not the heart of God. Remember, he's a generous God. He is so generous. It's, it's how his heart beats. So he, he had a plan in mind, even before all this took place. He knew what he was going to do. And we see that in these words. Now, I have a, a different translation of it, so just kind of walk with me with this. Um, but it's, again, Genesis chapter 3. From now on, you and the woman will be enemies. Maybe you grew up hearing, I will put enmity between you and the woman. Ultimately, there was going to be this adversarial relationship. There's going to be this hate relationship. It's going to be not good. And that's what's going to happen. But it wasn't just between, you know, Eve and Adam and the serpent. He goes like this. As will your offspring and hers. So it's going to go on from generation to generation to generation to generation. There is going to be this battle, this war that's going to keep going on. But then you see that little phrase that follows. You, now this is, remember, God speaking to the serpent, God speaking to Satan, saying, you will strike his heel. Now, I want to bring you to about 2,000 years ago where this event took place, the striking of the heel, because it was a really a messianic prophecy. It's a... It's uh, the word of God pointing ahead, and we see it happen in the Garden of Gethsemane. We see, ultimately, Jesus being betrayed, arrested, 
and then beaten, bloodied, and bruised, okay, bruised, and placed onto a cross. And you can almost picture Satan at that point going, yep, yep, I got him. You know, this is, this is not good. You, you struck his heel, and it's, it's really bad for him. And Satan sees him being put into a tomb. Yep, this is it. I've won. But then we get to the last phrase. And this is what we as Christians hold on to and rejoice in. But he will crush your head. And if, you, um, if you've seen The Passion of the Christ, um, I love that movie. I love how they um, tried to help us understand the picture of it. And the one scene is when Jesus is in the Garden of Gethsemane. And all of a sudden, the serpent starts slithering up. And then you see the actor, you know, that's portraying Christ go like this. Crushing, killing, defeating. Because Jesus knew that what he was doing, allowing himself um, to be the ransom, the payment for sin, was going to win the victory over the devil, over sin, and ultimately over death as well. And so Jesus stayed the course and he did all of that for us. And so, if you would, not only was creation God serving and putting on display how much he loves, but even when we messed it up right away in the beginning, God continued to serve and he continued to give. And as we know in John three sixteen, right? For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son and whoever believes in him. So God was now serving up his son and saying, I'm going to give my best, my all my love because I care about you. You are the object of God's love. Now this is the theme of all of scripture. From Genesis all the way to Revelation, God keeps saying, I love you, I love you, and I will do anything and everything for you. Now I want to grab a couple scriptures of this truth that other people had kind of picked up on. So we're going to go to 2 Corinthians chapter 8. This is the Apostle Paul who had that moment meeting Jesus and his life was changed as well. Paul says it this way, You know the generous grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor so that by his poverty he could make you rich. Paul understood because of his personal spiritual journey See, at one time, he thought he had everything, right? He was a Pharisee. He was smart. He was popular. He had all this. But then when he met Jesus, he realized that he was really, really poor. And he needed Jesus, and that's what made him rich. And so his ministry was shaped by this encounter with Christ. And realizing what Jesus did by becoming poor, in other words, giving his life up so that we could be rich. Then we go to 1 John. Now remember John. John was the disciple whom Jesus loved. John walked with Jesus. John saw Jesus do all sorts of things of serving people. So he gets this imagery. He understands what this is about. And he says in 1 John chapter 3, See what great love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called children of God. Now, I chose this version because I like it when the word lavished is used. I don't use it in my, um, my normal vocabulary. I don't walk around saying, you know, um, Kristen, 
You know, you can lavish me with a kiss, right? I, I don't do that. I don't use that word. But that's exactly what this is. There is an overabundance of generosity and being poured out. That's what lav lavish is. And John says, the Father has lavished on us this love that we should be called children of God. And then we go a little further. Verse 16, this is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us. So Paul gets it. John gets it. And then John does something, and, and Paul does too if you go back into the Corinthian section. But John then talks about the so what. And one of the things I often think about when you read the scriptures, there is a um, literal looking at it and saying, okay, this is what it says. But then sometimes the Bible gets into the so what. So this is what God has done. So what effect does it have on you? Well, John doesn't leave it up for interpretation. He says this. And we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. So God served up his son. God showed his love through his son. And then John says, that's what we should do. And we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. And if anyone has material possessions and sees a brother or sister in need but has no pity on them, how can the love of God be in that person? Dear children, let us not love with words or speech, but with actions and in truth. Again, going back to the metaphor of spoons and ladles. God has faithfully fed you and nurtured you and lavished upon you all the things that you need for a reason. So that we take what we have and we share it with others. And you've heard me say it before, we cannot give what we do not have. And he's given all of us an abundance of grace and mercy and love. Last week you heard this twice and you're going to hear it twice again. What we believe about God will dramatically affect our heart. What we believe about God will dramatically affect our heart. How do you answer these questions? Will be evident in how you live out. Example. Does God exist? Does God care. And before I just move on to the next list, it's like, there's times in my life I'm wondering, where is God? Humanly, we just don't see it always. Humanly, sometimes we're in the midst of some kind of pit, and it's really dark and dismal. And God just faithfully keeps coming and says, I'm here. I'm here, and I love you. But do you believe he exists? Do you believe that he cares? Is he, is he walking with you? Or how about this list? Is God all-powerful? Is he present everywhere? Is he all-knowing? Is he loving? How do you answer that? Because what we believe about God will dramatically affect our heart. Will affect our heart. Some of you may have remembered this, but when, I, when, when God got my attention as a 17-year-old, um, there was a poem I came across that I, I memorized. I wasn't very good at memorizing things, but it stuck right here. 
Two natures beat within my breast. One is foul, one is blessed. The one I love, the other I hate. The one I feed will dominate. And the word breast rhymes with blessed, but it really is talking about heart, right? Something's going on in here, and there's a battle. Both of these things are battling for our attention. And what we feed on will make a difference. And the writer to Proverbs tells us this, watch over your heart with all diligence, for from it flow the springs of life. And I can also show another scripture that says, from out of the heart can come all sorts of not so good stuff too. So what we feed on, what, we, what we're being served really matters. And there are times in my life that I am not serving and feeding on God's word enough and I see my fear, my anxiety, my worry, my yuck kind of rise up and it gets the best of me. So I want to encourage you to encourage me and then I'll encourage you. Let's make sure we keep on feeding things that have eternal significance. Namely, the word of God and his love. Let's just be faithful to do it. You do it, I do it, we do it, and just watch how it makes a difference. Um, again, we, we have the chosen behind us, literally, and right here too, right? You could see that. Uh, we watched that for eight weeks. We looked at story after story that was based on the Gospels. But it was one moment after another where Jesus would interact with somebody and there would be a heart change. Okay, a heart change. And then when the heart changed, what, what, what also changed? Their behavior, their words, their actions. Uh, we'll just go to the last one. Remember the Samaritan woman. Remember when Jesus said to her, not about mountains or temples, no, 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 no. It's about the heart. And you could just see her world was changed. And then she went off and loved the way the chosen did it. She was like skipping along the way saying, he knows everything about me. It's like, that's normally not a good thing. But she also felt his, because he served up to her this love and acceptance that she had not gotten from anybody before. So her life was changed. to tell you um, a story. It, it, this actually goes back 25 years ago. Maybe you've heard the story before, but it was one when I heard it, I was at a youth conference and a guy named Guy something, I can't remember his last name, but he gave the story and I remember just sitting there in awe. And it really is about generosity. It's really about love. Uh, it's a story about a, a man and a woman married, wanting to have a child and they get pregnant and all the excitement that gets wrapped up around in having a child, all the preparation. And they're waiting for that moment to come when the baby's going to be born. And the day comes. The nursery's ready. They're all excited. They go off to have this baby. And uh, everything kind of goes okay, but there was just something that kind of happened that was different. And this isn't the actual picture of the baby. Um, but the baby was actually born without the fleshy parts of the ear. Um, the baby could hear, so everything was working there, but no fleshy parts. And as parents, they're going to love their, their little boy just the way he is, right? Now the boy starts growing up, going off to school. And all too many times, the boy would come home 
in tears because people were making fun of them. And with their own tears, they would, you know, they'd sit and... So one day they, they were with the doctor and the doctor said, just so you know, the day will come when you're old enough that, you know, you could look for donors and you can have the fleshy parts of the ear. So this boy was waiting in the hopes of that moment to come. So the day happens, right? So uh, the boy goes off, has surgery, has the, the ears put on, and then uh, ends up going off to college and away. And um, a little bit after uh, that, maybe a couple years, um, the dad calls up and says, you need to come home. Mom is, she's not going to make it. Her health has just turned bad. Um, so he gets on a plane, he comes back home, and he um, actually is, is met with a uh, like a phone call or a message and he's supposed to go right to the funeral home because everything went south quick and so the son gets there the dad meets him at the door they embrace they cry they there's all this stuff going on and the dad said let's go see your mom and so then as they walk up their tears continue to flow and then the dad says I just want you to know how much your mom loved you and the dad reached down, pulled aside the hair, because she had this big red hair, pulled aside, and the mom had actually donated the fleshy parts of the ear for the son. That's kind of generous. That's loving. That's like over the top. And maybe you've heard stories like that or different. You know, I think about people who, you know, give of, of an organ or... I actually had a video clip of this four-year-old girl who had really long hair who is now going to get it cut and then give it to children that go through cancer treatments. And I'm just thinking, all these stories, they're, they really pale in comparison to the ultimate gift of love that comes from God himself. He reaches down here and he, he says to you and me, do you know how much I love you? Do you know how much... I've done for you. And he wants to see a heart change. There's a song we're going to close with. You've heard it before. But here are, the, here are the words. This is from Sidewalk Prophets. Am I proof that you are who you say you are? That grace can really change our heart? Do I live like your love is true? People pass. And even if they don't know my name... Is there evidence that I have been changed? When they see me, do they see you? You know that Bible verse, if you, I didn't go to Sunday school, so I don't, I just heard that people learned this in Sunday school. First John chapter 4, we love because he first loved us. It is this condition and response. He loves, we get to love. He serves so that we get to serve. The only question that's out there right now that I, I hope you pray about and ask, God, what do you want me to do with what you've given me? Whatever that is, I, I'm, I'm not going to answer it for you. But say, okay, God, bring to mind the things you've blessed me with, and how do you want me to share that with other people? As you've served me, now how do I serve others? And how do I share this good news with others? Let's pray. Lord Jesus, again, uh, as we think about the storyline, 
We were in trouble, and you gave your life to be the payment. You became a servant even to the point of death on a cross so that we can have life. And that's absolutely life-changing. So, Lord, as we think about this word generous, you come to mind. But as we think about generous in our life, we need you to prompt us and lead us and guide us so that we share with what you've given us. Because your desire is that more and more people would come to know you. So be at work. Send your Holy Spirit. Guide and lead us. In Jesus' name, amen. I invite you to stand as I share the blessing with you. May the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. And the Lord look upon you with favor and give you peace. Amen. Sometimes I think, what will people say of me when I'm only just a memory? When I'm home where my soul belongs? Was I loved when no one else would show up? Was I Jesus to the least of us? Was my worship more than just a song?
Justice march hand in hand with the righteous tide of change and the sound of breaking chains. Let the sound of our praises be one and the same as Jubilee reclaim to the sound of breaking chains. Let it I'm done until it's good. Hello, 
you're feeling so alone when you think that you're a burden or nowhere feels like home when everything feels like it's changing and you don't understand why trying so hard to be strong and brave but so tired you want to cry don't forget as you struggling to believe 
tried to run but still you came and you stepped into the dark cause that's just the kind of God you are when heaven seems beyond my reach you still see eternity in me you're turning ashes into all 